Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So tonight, uh, if you haven't been with us throughout the entirety of Better Man, we, we started by cl- classifying what a man is and what what's going on in the world today around men. And then we talked through the four things that a man does and and what God's called him to. So those four things are uh, a, a good man courageously follows God's word. That's one, right? And And I had the opportunity to teach on that. I took you guys through a bit of my testimony and the book of Job. It was quite the quite the trek so thank you for hanging with me through it some of you even went without food for a few days with me so hats off to you for for taking that step of faith um, then we went through the uh, a good man excels at no rewind try again a good man loves god's woman that is to say your spouse if you're married if you're not married you are in the process of becoming a man that God would be happy to gift a wonderful woman to. That's that's your that's your calling. And and Pastor Tim talked about that. He spent some time with his wife Shelly, and she told him exactly what he should say to a room full of men <laughs> to make make us all better at being husbands. And um, some of you are boyfriends, and so that's cool too. And then we went to a, a good man excels at God's good work. And I missed I missed that one with you guys. Last week, I was sad to miss it. I was out of town visiting family. Our, our trip moved up a bit. So um, uh, Tim said it was an excellent night, and you guys had good discussion about what that, what that meant to excel at God's work. And we're going to end our semester tonight with a good man betters God's world. And in our book, it puts in parentheses, through his children, through his children, and so tonight could easily be a conversation about parenting. Now, I do want to get a quick show of hands. We've had you guys do this a couple of times, but who in the room is a dad? Okay, so there's, there's a few guys in the room who aren't dads, and I want you guys to know that keep your ears turned on tonight because I'm not just talking about fatherhood with regard to our own children. Tonight, I'm, I'm going to make kind of an argument, actually, that a man in the world God made today, a man has a fatherly role no matter what stage of life he's in. And so we're gonna talk through that. And I I hope by the end of this, you'll be ready to receive a challenge and that I can share some vision with you about uh, our campus here at Greenbrier and our community of men. So let's get started. Uh, The first thing I need to say is that uh, you are a father. Everybody say it. I am a father. Now, for some of us, that's not old news. We've been, 
we've been at this for a while, you know, <laughs> feels like it's been a long life. I've, like I said, my oldest is seven. I feel like my life turned on its head when I became a dad and I've been trying to figure it out ever since. Um, now, some of you, that's a weird thing to say. You don't have kids yet. So maybe you will never have kids, who knows? But to say I am a father is a very strange claim. So one more time, say it with me. I am a father. Okay, this is important because in the Bible, when Jesus comes in the New Testament, he refers to God as who? The father, his father specifically, right? Now, God didn't show up just in the New Testament. He's, he's been here before everything, right? But throughout history, especially as we see it revealed in the Old Testament, man comes into contact with God in a bunch of different ways, right? We got Noah. He's minding his own business. The world's going to hell in a handbasket. Yeah, that's the right way to use that. It's, it's, going, it's going down south, right? And God appears to Noah and tells him to build a boat. Now, Noah doesn't understand God as his father at this point but he does understand him as a spirit worth listening to. So he builds the boat and it saves his family, right? Moses encounters God in a burning bush. And, and it's actually kind of a fun exchange. This is Exodus three. It's a fun exchange because he's like, I want you to go tell Pharaoh to let my people go so that they might serve me in the wilderness. And, and Moses is like, who am I supposed to say sent me? And God introduces himself to Moses as I am that I am. That's his name. I am that I am, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and now I'm talking to you. Moses doesn't recognize God as his father either. But he recognizes him as the spirit that brings people from slavery into freedom. Later on, God appears to Daniel. Later on, God appears to Jonah. <laughs> Jonah probably would think of him as like the, the father whom he would like to rebel against, perhaps. But he never once called him father. And then we come to the New Testament and we have Jesus saying, at that time, it would have been crazy, Jesus saying, my father, I'm here to do the will of my father who sent me. And as Christians, who do we follow? Jesus. Which means that we are in the process of learning what it means for God the Father to reside within us. Now, I know that was a lot of theology really fast, okay? But I need you guys to wrap your head around this with me. If you are a fo follower of Christ, you are learning what it means to call God Father. And you're bringing that spirit to the world around you in the Great Commission. Does anybody know the Great Commission and wouldn't mind quoting it for me? Yeah. Can you say it for me, Byron? Yeah, you got somebody started. Okay. I like that. I like that spirit. Go forth unto all nations baptizing them and creating disciples depends on your translation but the word disciples used in all of them that's what a father does everybody say discipline ah do you see discipline and disciple what? one more time say it with me i am a father this is a big deal well, you don't have to say that too, but, but <laughs> thanks, man. I appreciate that, Aaron. But this, 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 I'm, I'm all in too, man. Like this, this rocked my world this week while I was preparing to talk to you guys. I was like, whoa, cause I, I know I'm a father. I wake up every day. Those, those munchkins won't stay in bed past like five 30. I'm, like, I'm a dad again. Here I am. Um, 
but but this, this what I have to talk to you guys about tonight in the process of becoming a better man and the process of serving God the Father, this fatherhood thing extends past our children. For those of us who are dads, it starts with our children, but it extends beyond our children. And it's really important to me tonight to, to articulate that to you well in a way that's challenging and in a way that you can, you can hold on to. Because every single man in this room is, is created in the image of the Father. Which carries with it a little bit of weight. So, fathers are interesting things, though, because the spirit of the Father manifests in a bunch of different ways in, in men's lives. Uh, who in here had a coach growing up that took the role of a father for you in some ways? Disciplined you, taught you hard work? Keep your hands up. I want to see them. I want to see him. Okay. Okay, good. I, I had a coach in my life that, that took the role of the father for me too. It's not like he was like driving me home or anything, but he was driving me down the track. And that, that, that guy was, that guy was something else, man. He got in my grill regularly. Uh, who had a leader or a boss who in their life took the role of a father for them? Anybody leader, boss? Okay. Uh, what about a, uh, a teacher? or a guru, maybe a book you read once that this guy like imparted something to you that you really took away. Okay, awesome. Now for some of you, the father in your life was all the father you needed and probably all the father you could handle. <laughs> and for some of us, God's been fathering us through the spirit of the father in other men that we've come into contact with. And I'm so grateful for that. I'm so grateful for that. I had a, I had a dad recently talk to me about one of, one of his kids back in the children's ministry. I serve with my wife in the children's ministry. I say that I'm a campus dad. And I, I tell the men who serve with me, you're a campus dad. 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 And if I missed you, no, okay. Those are campus dads. Um, because kids will come into our children's ministry and sometimes they'll act a fool. And they know better. Some of them have awesome dads at home. Awesome dads at home. And I know their dad taught them better. And well, if they beat their head against Mr. Alex for a little while, they'll find out. I'm not going to take them out in the woodshed and spank them. They're not my kids. I can't do that. But, but they will find out that the spirit of the father won't put up with their garbage. And what's really cool about that is, is kids in our community will find at the grocery store or at church or on the football field that the spirit of the father is present. And I'm going to talk more about the spirit of the father thing, but I want you guys to know that. And I want you to embody that and empower that one more time. I am a father. I am a father. You're a father too. You say it too, buddy. I know you don't have kids, but you are a father. You don't know it yet, but you are. I am a father. Can you say it one more time? I am a father. It is incumbent upon us as men, and that's what this, this session is about, to embody the spirit of the father literally everywhere we go. So have you guys ever heard of the cycle of history? It's a problem. It goes something like, Hard times make strong men. Strong men make good times. Good times make weak men. And what do weak men make? 
hard times. This is a cycle of history. I brought a, I brought a book. You've probably never seen it before because it's written in Arabic. That's a lot of fun. A dude named Ibn Khaldun back in the 1400s. He was the first one to actually articulate the cycle of history. He saw it, uh, he saw it at the macro scale, though. Like, there'd be these city dwellers in the middle of the desert, and they got all the good stuff. They got the carpets, and they got the dresses, and they got the sushi and all that stuff. And after a couple of generations of being fat and happy, they got weak. Well, outside in the desert, the nomads are wandering around. And they got to scrape by for every little thing. They got to scrape by for the water they drink. They got to find their food. They're like, you know, marrying weird people and, and trying to make sure the babies don't die and stuff. And after a few generations, these people get tough. And they start looking at the city people going, hmm, I'd really like some sushi. So the nomads would drive out the city dwellers, take over all the stuff they had and push the city dwellers out. Well, guess what happened four generations later? Those, those hard nomads got fat and happy in the city. And the people who were driven out of the city after three or four generations, they're tough. That city's mine. So they take it back over. And Ibn Khaldun noticed that this has been going on for like centuries. Hard times make strong men. Strong men make good times. Good times make weak men. Weak men make hard times, and the cycle just continues. You guys seen that? You noticed that? Now, there were some who'd say, if we talked about this, some would say, we're in hard times right now. We're in hard times. Weak men made these hard times. It's time for strong men to rise up. Go read some history, bro, because <laughs> we're in... <laughs> Compared to the rest of history, this is this is a cakewalk, man. Like, I don't hear bombs outside. We just had pork barbecue for dinner. Not a single guy in this room is looking to steal anybody's car. At least I hope not. You're in church, all right? Like, but that wasn't always the case. These are, as far as I can tell. And I'm not saying people aren't struggling. I'm not saying I'm not struggling. These are pretty good times. And so the question here is, well, that was Ibn Khaldun in the 1400s. Before that, this was actually articulated in the Tower of Babel in Genesis. Are you guys familiar with the Tower of Babel? Men built it up. And they got so, so far from the ground that they started looking up at heaven thinking they were gods. Didn't work out well for them. They were so separated from all the real world problems that eventually the tower came down and it's the same problem. You guys see, it's the same problem. Why am I talking to you about the cycle of history? Because God made this world and he made you to be in it. The good news is you can be part of the solution. Bad news is you can be part of the problem. How do we combat the cycle of history? How about hard times make? Strong men. Strong men make good times. What if good times could make better men? What if we could skip the weak thing altogether? Is that possible? According to God, yeah. And that's what I want to talk to you guys about tonight. I oh, know that was a long intro, but that's where we're getting. So there, there are three points I want to make tonight. These are, these are worth writing down. 
These are worth writing down. The first is <clears throat> the cycle of history repeats that whole broken problem. The cycle of history repeats when fathers fail to parent their children. My man's looking at me like, you're not in the book. I'll get there. I'll get to this book. Hang in there. <laughs> the cycle of history repeats when one fathers fail to parent their children. And now I'm not talking metaphorically now. I'm talking about the kids who live in your house. Or later on in life, the kids who have moved out of your house and hopefully see you as some sort of awesome consultant. Fathers fail to parent their children. That's when the cycle of history repeats itself. The second, second way cycle of history repeats itself is when fathers fail to mentor their community. When fathers fail to mentor their community. That's how the cycle of history repeats itself. The last way the cycle of history repeats itself is when fathers fail to speak about God's glory. When fathers fail to speak about God's glory. So we got our children, we got our community, and we got God's glory. Let's dive into this. So uh, if you have your Better Man book, there's actually a really helpful diagram here that I think is definitely worth looking into. Uh, page 62, the four parenting styles. I'm going to talk first about parenting our children. This is not Parenting 101, obviously. I still have a whole lot to learn about that. But this, this is very helpful and encompassing. If you didn't knock out this little diagram here on the on the latitude, what is this, x-axis? It's been a while since algebra. All right, x-axis. This is discipline. This is the discipline axis. There's a low end of discipline and a high end of discipline. Then there's the y-axis, the up and down one. That's the love axis. High love and fatherhood, low love and fatherhood. Quadrant one, that's low discipline, high love. That's a permissive parenting style. Low discipline, high love, permissive parenting style. High love, high discipline. This is authoritative. You can circle that one. That's the one we want. Then there's the low discipline, low love. That's neglectful parenting. And then there's low love and high discipline. That's authoritarian parenting. That's who I am if I'm not careful. And then I, I drew a little arrow and you might want to draw an arrow too. Goes right in between love and discipline. It's like the nice balance of them. And that's called play. It's a high love, high discipline thing. Play. Right in the middle there. It's actually why sports are so popular among men. 
there's a number of things that make sports popular among men, but it's a highly disciplined game. And when you play it in a way everybody wants to play, there's a lot of love there. Anybody ever got slapped on the butt and it was a good thing? Not like weird. Some baseball players in here, I feel you. Some of you are like, that's weird. That's just, nope, no butt slapping for me. But there's a lot of love. I, I used to kickbox, right? And I love kickboxing because it's the only thing I know where you can literally beat the snot out of each other and then hug each other afterward. Like we're, we're out for blood. We're trying to, I'm trying to knock your block off, man. And after about three minutes of that, you're like my best friend. Cause I'm trying to knock your block off cause I love you. Or maybe I love knocking. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to explain that, but you guys know what I'm talking about, right? Like that the, the game requires discipline and love. And, and that's actually what good fatherhood feels like. Good fatherhood feels like that. There's the discipline of the game, which is the rules that allow the game to persist. What's a game you love to play? Anybody mind shouting it out? What's a game that you enjoy playing? Football, awesome. Any other games? Basketball, fishing. Fishing's a good game. Hunting. What's that? Bowling, nice. Nobody said any stupid games yet, so that's good. I'm just kidding. <laughs> golf. I love it. Hey, hey, some people really love golf. Um, but but here's a point that's really important to know about games. Games are only games because of the rules that make them games. And if somebody comes in and messes up the rules, it's not a fun game anymore. You ever been fishing for fish in a barrel? It's not any fun. Like they're in a barrel. Hook, caught one. <laughs> A lot more fun where you're like, I'm not really sure where these bad boys are. I'm gonna find them under that tree over there. I found a hole down the stream and let my bait go to yes, I got one. Yes. But there's rules. Fish don't bite just anything. Hunting, there's rules. I'm a bad hunter. I've got decent archery skills. I'm a bad hunter. I think I smell weird. I think that's what's like I can sit in a deer stand for a long time. They're like, don't go over there. I use the soap and everything and it's not, it's not, <laughs> doesn't work yet. I'm still working on it. I'm still working on it. But hunting has rules and that's what makes it fun. Basketball, football. Some goober came in and was like, what if everybody had a ball in football? We don't want anybody to feel left out. I'd be like, what are you doing? Like, that's not football. There's one ball. You don't fumble it and you get it in the end zone. That's how it works. And you don't bend the rules, by the way. I, I hang out with the first and fourth graders, right? In on Wednesday night, first and fourth grade, first through fourth graders, I bring them out here to play kickball. You would think it was the Stanley Cup. You would think we were giving out gold medals in the Olympics for kickball. These kids are fierce. You don't break the rules, man. He hit him in the face. We get a point. You're out. You gotta tag up. Oh my gosh, they're like screaming at each other. I'm like, you're in fourth grade. He's in first grade. Chill out. but the rules make the game fun, right? Right. And that's, that's extremely important in parenting, especially with young kids, because in, with young kids, they have to know they're not the strongest person in their world. Can you imagine how scary it would be to be a two-year-old and find out that there's nobody stronger than you in your house? There are some poor two-year-olds in our community who are, who are finding that out. They're walking all over their parents. 
Ouch. That's rough. But again, I told you, if I'm not careful, I fall into that disciplinarian category. I love the rules, man. And you're going to follow them. And you're going to toe the line. But that's, if that's not balanced with love, then I'm a bad parent. And some of us have experienced bad parents. Some of us have been bad parents. My worst parenting moments are at the dinner table. I've caught myself saying out of my face, if you don't eat that, I'm going to shove it down your throat. <laughs> yeah, oops. God help me. And then I have to walk it back. Daddy, sorry. I'm not going to shove it down your throat. But I, something bad you won't like is going to happen if you will not learn how to eat at the dinner table. I've got a three-year-old. We're still working on it. He's getting, he's getting there, though. We don't throw down so much anymore. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Parenting looks different as your kids get older. Um, it, here, actually, in the, the book, they do a pretty good job of outlining different stages of life, and I'm having a hard time finding it at the moment. Come on, Alex, you can do it. Thank you. Thank you. I remember that for young kids until age 13, you need to be your child's coach. I don't like the 13 through 18. They say they need to be your child's cheerleader. We'll see about that. I don't know. I don't have 13 through 18 year olds. Dads with teenagers, would you agree with that? Is that a thing? No? Yes? Maybe? Okay. We can argue it out later. Um, <laughs> I've got some other authoritarian fathers in here. Um, and then from 18 on, and I, I would agree with this. this. Again, I didn't grow up with a father, but the spirit of the father has been, um, been a blessing to me and a number of other people, a consultant. That a father's role in a, a child's life as an adult, a good role is consultant. Yes. Yeah. Well, you know, a, cons a good consultant would say, Hey, I hear what you're saying. That's, that's really interesting. Let's, you know, see if we can find some holes in your plan there. Here's what I've learned from my experience. Good luck. That's what a consultant says. That's right. So, so this comes back to that love balance, right? So, so discipline creates the structure for the game to continue. That's good. But without love, the game's no fun. Without love, the game's no fun. And so if you're a parent and you're struggling with your kids, know that, yes, discipline's an extremely important part of this process. 
having having the rules and towing, making sure the line is there in the sand so children know it. Not to say it can't be negotiated. Maybe sometimes you make stupid rules, Dad. Fine. You can apologize and move on. It's good. But I notice in my heart when I'm out of balance with my boys if I have not set aside enough time to play. And at this age, it's fun. We do Nerf guns. We camp out in the backyard. We go fishing. I like. I think I like fishing more than they do, but it's fine. They like poking the fish in the eye when we catch them. <laughs> um, but but that's a, that's an important balance to to find in your life as a father is that balance between discipline and love. And that line down the middle, what was that? Play. Play. You'll know you're getting the balance right when it feels kind of like a fun game and everybody wants to play. When it doesn't feel that way, something's off. Might be with you, might be with your kids, but it's worth addressing. Everybody feel that? Okay, one more time. I am a father. Okay. Awesome. Cycle of history continues if we fail to parent our children. Please don't be that guy. Next. The cycle of history continues if we fail to mentor our community. Dads in here, who prays for your child's spouse, whether or not they're married yet? Who prays for their child's spouse? Awesome job. Keep doing that. Uh, a good father will model a great relationship with, with his spouse so that the children can see that and go, wow, that's what love looks like. I didn't have that. I had to find out the hard way. I have a practice marriage. Come talk to me about it sometime. It was a party. It wasn't a party. It was terrible. But I, was too, I should shut up. Anyway, the point is a good father will model a good relationship so that the boys can learn. Girls can learn. The boys learn how to love a woman well, and the girls learn, I hope, what it looks like to be loved well. She doesn't go looking for love in the wrong places. A great father prays for the spouse of their children. So you model it and pray, God, please, while my, my boys are growing up, please let there be women in the world who are being raised by godly parents so that when they're out there looking around at who they're going to spend the rest of their life with, they find somebody worth taking home with them after they're married. But here's the thing. Good father models it. A great father prays for it. An excellent father? <laughs> arranges the marriage. <laughs> That's not what I wrote down, but I should probably put like I should probably put it in there. <laughs> Chad's got girls, so okay. <laughs> um, an excellent father serves in the community to develop friends and spouses for their kids. It's one thing to pray, God, please, please be raising some girls around here that that my boys should date someday. And help me be a good father to them so that they treat them with respect and love and dignity and grace. It's another thing to go teach Sunday school now and then. And interact with those girls that they might marry someday. It's another thing to coach a softball team 
it's another thing to be the big kid at the next parental party you see going on. All the parents are over there watching the game. Play Nerf guns, man. Those little girls and little boys need to be fathered too. The cycle of history continues when we fathers fail to mentor our community. You at work and you got some punk who doesn't know all the rules and you're like, this is the problem with kids today. <laughs> well, I'm not saying they're open to mentorship, but maybe that's a little divine discontent on your part to get in there, coach them up. Maybe nobody ever taught that kid to show up on time. Maybe nobody ever told that kid, you're a leader, man. You don't get to choose. God made you a leader. Now you get to pick which path you're going to go down. Let's not do that either, okay? The cycle of history continues when we fail to mentor our community. You guys see gaps? Step in them if you can. If we don't create the space, it won't happen, that's for sure. In Matthew 12, uh, Jesus is teaching in a house. And somebody comes to get him and says, hey, your, your mom and your brothers are outside. They want to talk to you. Come here. And Jesus says, who are my mother and my brothers? But those here who are doing the will of the Father who sent me. What I mean to say is the spirit of the father, if you're in this room and have kids, it's not just for your kids. And the spirit of the father, if you don't have kids, it's not just for your future hypothetical kids. You're walking around as a leader. I see these young men right here. You guys don't have kids yet. My seven-year-old would follow you anywhere, like to the ends of the earth and do whatever you're doing. He would look at you. He would probably look at you even like cooler than, my, than dad, you know, because he lives with dad. He's got dad at home all the time. But if you're out there playing a game with him, that's going to like speak volumes to him. And the fathers in the room are nodding their head because they know. They know what it's like to see their kid glom onto an older kid or, you know, a teenager and just think that that kid is like, they might as well be God at that point. Because they look up, they look up to you guys. You guys have the spirit of the father walking around, even if you're not a dad. Those kids are watching you. They're like, what's a man look like? How's a man shake hands? How's a man speak? How's a man walk? What kind of hat does a man wear? Have you guys seen Jonathan Coates' son walking around in his cowboy hat? We got about two other kids who are watching you in that cowboy hat, and they've been asking mom and dad for a cowboy hat like Mr. Jonathan. Like, they just... I want to wear a hat. Is that is that what we do? Try it on, man. Remember, the cycle of history continues if we as fathers fail to mentor our community. Remember, God made this world, and he made you for this time. And you got you-sized holes all over this community where only you would fit that mold, where only you are the person who could speak to that guy. You are the only person who can teach that Bible study. You're the only person who can cook that barbecue and get those men together. There are you-sized holes all over Greenbrier. 
Don't fail that, please. That's your calling. Last thing is, uh, and I'm going to get Bible A on you. You're welcome. It is church. I'm allowed, right? The cycle of history continues if we fail to speak God's glory. So if you do have your Bible with you, I'm going to be in Deuteronomy 6. Deut, D-E-U-T, fifth book of the Bible, Deuteronomy 6. Verse 18. I'm reading the ESV, so if it doesn't match your Bible, I'm sorry, but we're going to read uh, seven verses here. This is God speaking to Moses and the children of Israel. He says, Do not put the Lord your God to, to a test as you tested him at Massah. You must diligently keep the commandments of the Lord your God and his decrees and his statutes that he's commanded you. Do what is right and good in the sight of the Lord so that it may go well with you and so that you may go and occupy the good land that the Lord swore to your ancestors, thrusting out all of your enemies from before you as the Lord has promised. When your children ask you in the time to come, what is the meaning of these decrees? What are these statues and ordinances that the Lord our God has commanded us? Then you will say to your children, we were Pharaoh's slaves. Once we were in Egypt, but the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. The Lord displayed before our eyes great and awesome signs and wonders against Egypt and against Pharaoh and all his household. He brought us out from here in order to bring us in to give us the land that he promised us on oath to our ancestors. Then the Lord commanded us to observe all these statutes, to fear the Lord our God for our lasting good, so as to keep us alive, as is now the case. So what does Egypt have to do with you? I'd say it has a lot to do with you, but let's make it personal for a second. You've been through a lot. Some of us more than others. Few of us have more years on others in the room, but you've been through a lot. Even the fact that you exist today is kind of a miracle. Who in here would say it's a miracle your wife married you? Would anybody? Okay. No joke, right? Okay. But it's not just you. It was your dad and then his grandpa and then his grandpa. You know how long those miracles have been happening? It's a miracle my wife married me. It's a miracle that your mama, you know, got with your daddy and made you and, and just keep going on back. Kind of, kind of miraculous, is it not? But each of us have experienced in our life, after coming into existence, each of us have experienced in our life wonders of God. Wonders. And I'm not talking like, I couldn't pay for my gas and somebody handed me. I mean, there, there are stories like that, but I'm talking like big things. And I'm here today in front of you, and I'm not going to harp on my story, but I'm here today in front of you as a miracle. There's like so many odds stacked against me preaching out of the Bible to men who would even respect me in a minor, a minor setting. And, and God brought me through those things. And every man in this room has been through some big things, whether you recognize it or not. The cycle of history those good times making weak men, that continues when we stop speaking the goodness of God from our past. 
I'm not going to tell his story for him. Jonathan's been through some stuff. And I don't know how many people he's said it to. But I promise you his life story and even a, a piece of some of the goodness God's done in his life would change the heart of somebody. Brian could be in the same boat. Chad could be in the same boat. Alex, you could be in the same boat, man. But if we don't speak it, how are they going to know, man? How are they going to know? And that's what God's commanding here to the Israelites in Deuteronomy. You were slaves. And then God rained frogs from heaven and gnats and killed all the firstborn and got your butt out of there. And then when you were like, I don't know where to go. He's like, there's literally a pillar of fire. Follow that. Okay. I can't, I came to the ocean. Here come the Egyptians. I don't know what to do. It's fine. I've got the ocean. It's fine. Walk on dry land. So they walk through dry land and they get on the other side and they're like, we're free. Holy cow, we're free. And God says, don't ever forget what just happened. Your kids aren't slaves in Egypt. Your kids didn't see the plagues. Your kids didn't see the parting of the Red Sea. How are they going to know if you don't tell them? How are they going to know? And this is all wrapped up in this parenting our, our kids and mentoring our community. God has done amazing things in the lives of each man in this room, whether you really realize it or not. And if we don't speak it, might as well have never happened as far as our kids are concerned. As far as those who are counting on us to mentor them are concerned. We've got to speak it, man. And we got we got to see it before we can speak it. If you're like Alex, there's like nothing miraculous in my life. Come come to breakfast with me. After I'm done tearing you up and down, we'll find something miraculous. Yeah, you got it. I, you got it. Yeah, yeah. If you take me up on this invitation, the least I can do after I make you cry in public is pay for your breakfast. <laughs> Some of y'all laugh and some of you are like, I've been to breakfast with Alex. He's not joking. He will buy your eggs and you will cry. Um, but I'm, I'm serious about this, guys, because the cycle of history will continue. This whole good times making weak men thing and us being like, here we go again. Kids these days, man. It's, it's going to continue if we don't parent our children well, if we don't mentor our community, and if we do not speak God's glory. That's what's going to happen. We're going to have weak men. Not on my watch, dang it. And not on your watch, and not on your watch, and not on your... Like, there's not a single weak man in this room. I'm sorry, Anatoly, I don't know you yet. Maybe you're like, maybe you're bench press. I'm just kidding. Um, but there's not a weak man in this room. God would not put you here in Greenbrier to fill the gaps that only you can fill if you were a weak man. He wouldn't do it. Not saying you're everything you could be yet, but I'm saying there are no weak men in this room. And whether or not this next generation of young men are going to be weak, whether or not this next generation of young women are going to be married to weak men, or cohabitating or whatever they do, that's on us. So, I told you guys I had a challenge. So this is my challenge for you. We're going to break up in groups in just a second. And what I want us to talk about, just 
sorry, I didn't mean to burn the book tonight, but what I want us to talk about is what gap do we need to be filling in 2023? Where does the spirit of the father need to manifest in us and our community in 2023? Yes, I know all of us need to be better fathers. I get it. I'm learning how to parent every day. Those of you who have teenagers, you're like, man, Alex is, Alex is going to have a hard time. <laughs> yep, you got it. Bring it on, man. I'll, I'll cry in your lap someday. Maybe you'll need to mentor me then. That would be very helpful. Thank you. But next year, man, the men in our community need you. They need men to say, I'll be at Wagon Wheel at 6 a.m. every Tuesday. Come eat breakfast with me. That's Jonathan's life group, by the way. He was like, hey, I'm really passionate about breakfast. <laughs> I mean, who's not really, though? Best meal of the day, bacon and eggs. You can't go wrong. Biscuits and gravy. Oh, now I'm going to get hungry. But Jonathan has created that space. He showed up consistently. I didn't tell him I'd be picking on him tonight, but he showed up consistently and and they are packing out wagon wheel now. Used to be just a few guys showing up for breakfast and now like he's like, I think we need to split this into two groups. I'm not really sure how to do it. That's good. That needs to happen. We did that Bible study last semester over the chosen. We went through Isaiah. And despite my inadequacies, it was a good Bible study. Men came together. We got into the word. We prayed over each other. It was good. We got a guy who's not here tonight, and I miss him. John, if you're listening to this recording, I miss you, dude. Um, he is, nobody laughed too hard. He is like an actual Pokemon professor. Not kidding. Like, like skilled in the game, card game, Pokemon. And I don't know how many of you guys have little boys at like age, I don't know, six to ten right now. But Pokemon's come back. And I have no idea what any of those numbers mean. If he said, hey, every Saturday at my house, we're playing Pokemon, I'd bring my kid. And a whole bunch of other guys in this, not necessarily in this room, but I know a few other guys in our church who would be like, I'm going to play Pokemon. I don't know anything about Pokemon. Like, I need somebody to teach me. And my eight-year-old's into it, so I'll figure it out. We got men in this room who are like, I don't know what to do, but I'll have you guys over to my house. My favorite times with men in our church have been with no agenda, hanging out at their house, drinking coffee. My house too, but my house is a little weird. What I'm trying to tell you guys is I prayed over you guys a lot this semester. And I had I had vision in my heart for every person who finished Better Man with us to lead next year. I had vision in my heart for every man who came through Better Man to be a leader among men next year. Whether it's playing Pokemon, showing up for breakfast, going hiking with dudes, going fishing, leading a Bible study. So my challenge to you is ask God about it. Ask God why Better Man for you this semester. Ask God what 2023 looks like. 
and I'm going to give you my number if you don't already have it. And I want you to tell me what God has to say. And if you're like, I can't hear God, great. We'll go to breakfast. I'll make you cry and pay for your eggs. Write my number down. My number is 615-829-9527. Some of you guys I'm closer to than others, and I know where you're leading already. So this isn't answering to me. This is... I don't want to be the only guy trying to make strong men in good times. Y'all feel me? Okay. I'm going to pray over you guys and we'll hang out and talk about what we're going to do to be good leaders next year. Here we go. Father God, thank you for this night. Thank you so much that you created every man in this room to be here for such a time as this. Thank you that despite our experience with our fathers, despite our inadequacies, despite messing up being better men in the last four months, that you sent your son to cover our, our sins. God, I pray that you would teach us this year to parent our children well to be fathers even if we're not fathers to our community and to speak your glory boldly. You have done amazing things. You don't want us to go back into darkness. In Jesus' name, amen.